a special Pennsylvania beer excursion episode of... Brutal Battle! Yeah, so we've been doing these beer excursion episodes, and actually this one we're recording a few weeks after we actually did the excursion. Like two, three? Probably three. Three, yeah, cause, just because life. Life gets life. in the way. You get busy with things. Plus, you guys have Work. had... You guys have had a lot of these episodes recently, so you got a little bit of a break from it, uh, and now we're back at it. So, same thing as the Baltimore one we did. We did two breweries in Pennsylvania, and then we did a really awesome beer bar. I'm sure people who have been listening... Well, not really beer bar. It's like a restaurant that has a bar. Uh, people who have been listening to this podcast for some time now will have a potential idea, especially when I tell you this place is in Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, also, like, if you follow us on Instagram, because our post about all this stuff very already. True. So we have three beers, obviously, to taste. We have one beer from each brewery, and we have one beer that we purchased from that restaurant slash bar. Um, so we'll go through those. Uh, we're going to do them in tasting order, or what I've deemed to be tasting order, but that's not actually the order we went to them in. The first two are kind of switched. So let's just talk about the first one with the first beer, then. So this one is a beer by... Evergreen Brewing, and Evergreen is out of, you said Camp Hill? Yeah. Yeah, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Yes, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, and it is a beer called Ripple, and it is a Goza Ale with raspberries, and the ABV is 4.8%, so like most Gozas, pretty low in the ABV. And it is like central Pennsylvania, probably 20 minutes from Harrisburg. Oh, is it? Started a... Foaming out of the top. We're good. We're good. It didn't go over, though. So, we're okay. And we did try this beer there. So, we... It's just that beautiful pinkish, reddish... We did... I mean, we didn't have a lot. We We just had a few sips. I just asked for a sample of it because I was between two beers to get it. Because they had canned stuff. Um, this is a 12-ounce can. They also had some beers that were in 16-ounce cans. If you want more, you can grab it. Yeah. Go ahead. And, okay. and the cat is here, so if you yes. hear rustling around, uh, it's because she's moving on the table, and then eventually she'll get down, because she gets real bored of this. <laughs> so anyway, this Ripple Raspberry Goza, what does it look like? A raspberry goza. It's very... It's pretty. So pretty. It looks slightly like beet juice. Oh, there goes the cat. And... Yep. Exactly what usually happens. She's like, forget this. You gave yourself more. Well, sorry. I was just pouring. Uh, Yeah, so it looks... Can't see through it. It's very dark. You can tell there's stuff in there, fruit in there. I mean, it looks like what you would think raspberry juice would look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of head to it. Yeah. There's tons of head, but it's like it's this nice pink, pink yeah. pillowy looking head on top. And you smell the raspberries. Ooh, yeah. I mean, there is the aromatics are just nice, bright raspberries. You can definitely get some um, tartness. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. I get that wheat smell mm-hmm. that you can get on the end, a little bit of that naked Cheerio cereal mm-hmm. note. And I, I smell the salinity from yep. the salt, from the gozo. Uh, it smells really good. I mean, you definitely get all those characteristics, but the shining star is the raspberry. Yeah, the raspberry scent in this is awesome. They did a very good job with that. Let's go in for a taste. Mm. So good. Yeah, that's... Mm. 
For me... Ooh, a lot of naked Cheerio on mm, the end. For me, this is like just exactly how I want a raspberry goes to taste. It's so fruit forward. You get that tartness. Mm-hmm. You get the salt and then the naked Cheerio finish, which I love. You know, I talk about not really liking that finish, but... With the way the flavor profile is with this, I like it in it, which is weird because it's strong. Or maybe it's just that on this particular day, my taste buds are off for what they normally are. Um, And they're like, we like this today. Yeah. (laughs) That's possible too. Uh, But no, this tastes very good. Uh, You taste a lot of raspberry, like you smell it. And um, yeah, it's, it's a goza. With raspberry, do you taste much of a salinity to it? I, a little bit, not much though. Mm-hmm. But I think it, the salinity is kind of giving it a nice softness. Yeah, you do get hit with a decent amount of tart right up front, and then it kind of dies down because it feels like the 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 salt steps in and softens the end of each sip. Mm-hmm. This is a very tasty beer. It's very it's nice. So easy too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Glad we got a six-pack. Although we gave two of them away, so we basically we got a four-pack. So we have three We only more. gave two away? Uh-huh. Yeah, we gave one to Nathan and one to Vince. Vince. Oh, okay. So. I thought we, we gave one to Sean Creel. I guess we were getting six. Oh, no, maybe we did. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, okay, we only have two more after this. We gave half our six-pack away. I was say, I know we're, we were very generous We're very this. generous <laughs> with our beers, people. Very generous. Okay, so let's talk about our experience at Evergreen. Um, Your first thoughts on Evergreen. Because I have a bunch well, of thoughts. Well, I had, you know, I grew up not far from there, so a lot of, I had seen a lot of activity on my social media feed. I'm like, okay, I really need to check this out. Um... It's a large, it's pretty, it's a large space. Yeah. It's, um, I was like, I was kind of slightly shocked when I went inside at how massive that place is. It is huge. They definitely have room to expand their brewing if they want to, but they would actually have to take away seating. Yeah. Well, no, not necessarily. Cause they had some games, like they had pinball machines oh, yeah, and some yeah, arcade yeah. games on the side. So there was some space where they, they could cut that out to be honest. And, um. Yeah. You know, be fine with the seating and expand. Yeah. So, being first-timers there was a little overwhelming. Like, okay, Gigantic. how do you get a beer? Whereas, I mean, it's not as big as, like, Trogues. Right. Um, but it's still big. It's one of the larger breweries we've been to, though. Yeah. Recently. Yes. Yes. Um, which is which? Which is kind of, um, I'm going to say jarring, but it's not like... I mean, a light version of jarring because you just don't expect that, especially with breweries you haven't really heard much about. Yeah. You go in and we're like, this thing is freaking massive. Yeah. So they had a very large tap list. Um, they had mm-hmm. lots of cans. Yep. Plus you could get crowlers. Yeah, I think so. Um, they had food. And they food. did. They'd have food. It was like, it looked like it was also like barbecue type well, stuff they know, were doing. I don't know because like they have like a restaurant. So I'm not sure what they had. Food-wise, they had there, but then they had a little, like, barbecue hut that you could order food from, which looked tasty. Um, I will say I think their setup is weird. I think it's weird because you have the main bar area where it's like the bar is set up and there's all the brewing equipment behind them, and then there's the seating. So they have this huge bar that people go up to and order, 
and they have a lot of stuff on tap there, and that's where you can get the cans to go. But And then they have, like, a little gaming area. They have the seating area in that space. And then on the wall is where they have their little spot for the, where you can get those the barbecue stuff. You can order it and grab it and go sit down. And then they have a restaurant, a door going to the restaurant that's right next to where the barbecue is. So I don't know if they serve different food at the they, restaurant. I think they do because I think I saw a menu. I don't know. I'm wondering... I'm wondering if the the restaurant was like after they had a, a established brewery. I don't know, but it, uh, the setup is weird. And the other the other thing that's really weird about that setup is there are beers on tap in the restaurant that are not on tap in the main tap room, right? Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially because as far as flow of service goes. There were issues with the servers having to run to the restaurant, which was a sizable amount of distance, steps yeah. to, to, to take to end up getting it. So they would have to go for pours of those beers, whether it be, you know, full size or sample size or whatever. And that came into play when I wanted to get a sample of the Ripple. Uh, the bartender just said, it's honestly just going to be more time efficient if you just go get it from the restaurant, which... That rubs me the wrong way, kind of, when when that's the situation. But at the same time, I kind of understand because it is more efficient if I just go get it. And it looked they were very busy. They were really busy. It was a Saturday afternoon. It seemed like they weren't properly staffed for how many customers yeah. they had. So, I mean I, I, I mean, I get it. It's just, it's it's an annoyance for me because the business didn't set things up well. Nah, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't really place that much blame on the actual server because he was he was helpful guy. Yeah, it was just a little weird though because when we got there and we or- both ordered, um, you get four in a sampler. Mm-hmm. It was taking forever, and then like he left behind the bar and went over to the restaurant. I'm like, what is he doing? And then I realized he came back with beer. I'm like, oh, he's right. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> like, say anything. Yeah, and it took a long time. So I was just like, did he just like? forget about our order. It's like, no, he had to go run and get it. But that speaks to one of the problems with that is that people don't know what's going on and it takes a long time for him to get all those beers together. Yeah. And he didn't say anything ahead of time. So like people literally stand there and are just like, what is going on right now? It's just not efficient from a business standpoint. It's very inefficient. Well, it's hard to know because that was our first time there. So it's hard to know kind of what came first or what they imagined the flow to be. Or they just continued to, to grow. Right. And they had they didn't have enough taps. Yeah. It's I just don't know. it's just oddly set up. Um, that that's my main issue. But So we each we tr- each tried four and then did you go up for one sample? Uh two? no, I just tried the ripple. Okay. The ripple was the only one I asked to sample. So we each sampled that. four. So I'll I pulled up my untapped. I'm going to go through what we had. We had the Chardonnay Barrel Aged Amicus, which was an IPA, which was really I think it was like a farmhouse style IPA that was it. Oh, I don't know. If I this is the problem with doing it like like weeks later. Um, but yeah, it was an IPA aged in Chardonnay barrels. It was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It was decent for that. I I remember you were able to get a good flavor of the wood oh, yeah. and the Chardonnay to it, mm-hmm. so it was pretty good. It wasn't good. my style, but it was well done for what it was. Then they had an Imperial IPA called Deuce Juicy, 
And a lot of people had said before we went there, oh, you got to get the Deuce Juicy when you're there. You got to get it. I mean, it's an Imperial Hazy IPA, basically, which people know if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm getting very much sick of Hazy IPAs because I feel like the flavor is very low in them. And I want more balanced IPAs. I want a good bitterness in there to back things up. And I just feel like they end up tasting very yeasty and bready. And that overcomes a lot of the hop flavor for me. So, um, it's just a personal thing. So, the Deuce Juicy was fine. Yeah. Uh, I see where people like it, but I was like, meh, that's not all right. Then we had the Fresh Picked, which was a hazy IPA, and that was awful. Um, that actually, it tasted like sauerkraut. It was, they, in my opinion, they should not have been serving that beer. They I, should I not they serve that beer. they should have named it Fresh Pickled. I mean, it legitimately tasted like sauerkraut. And that's an actual uh, recognized off flavor for beer. So it's a, it's a very clear imperfection in the actual beer. Now, that's one of what eight beers we had. All the other beers tasted at least decent. Yeah. Um, so for that one to be the only one that's bad means that, you know, something got messed up. And, and that's going to happen with breweries from time to time. But... I would want breweries to know when it goes wrong and don't serve that beer. So I do fault them for serving that beer. I think it's a big mistake. It's a bad idea. And it's disrespectful to your customers to serve them that garbage because that beer was garbage. I guess we should, could have said something like, this beer's bad, give us another one. Well, we're saying it now. Well, that doesn't so. do us any good. But anyway. We another beer. I know I get passionate about that and I'm kind of railing on it, but... Overall, it w- it was a good experience, and hmm, like I we're saying, there's back. some good beers. Um, we haven't gotten to the best. I mean, obviously, we just had the ripple, yeah, which was, was really amazing. good. Well, uh, and then I wanted to try some of their desserts. Oh yeah, they had like some. Uh, I don't. They had like a was it like a strawberry shortcake, and then also yeah. like some sort of s'mores brownie. If, something. Mm. if we're in the area again, we should probably just stop in just to have the food because their food did look yeah. like what they had looked like a good array of food and it looked good. But the problem is we had already eaten before yeah. we got there, so we were not at all hungry. Uh, then we had their Squirm Machine IPA, which was a pretty yeah, good IPA. Good. We did enjoy that. That was just like a straight, if I remember right, like a West Coast style IPA, which I enjoyed. Then we had their The Utter One, which was a milk stout, mm-hmm. which was decent. Yeah. It was a decent milk stout. Then we had their Low Key, which was a cream ale. Coconut cream ale. Coconut cream ale. That's right. You liked I it quite a bit. I loved it. I thought it was just okay. I can't, I can't believe you just thought it was okay. I don't I know. loved it. I thought it was so good. I don't know why. I feel like I really could get the coconut flavor. There, uh, there was something about how the coconut flavor was going with the the basic flavor of the cream ale that just didn't jive for me. Mm. But it wasn't bad. Like I said, like I thought it was okay. You really liked I loved it, it though. Uh, then we had their Juice Juicy, which is the non-imperial version of the Deuce Juicy. And that was fine. That was good. Um, I do think the Deuce Juicy was better than the Juice Juicy, in my opinion. Because it just kind of gave it more, like, oomph. There's more flavor to it. It's a little the, thicker. The double. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then the last one we had was their Camp Pills, which was a Pilsner. And that was a really good Pilsner. Yeah. Uh, that was probably... Yeah. That was my favorite of all the beers that we had there. Well, that oh, was... Well. Uh, it's between that and the Ripple. The Ripple's very good. I think I'd give a slight edge to the Camp Pills because oh. it was really clean, it was really refreshing, and it just had really nice notes. It had the right balance of, like, honey and, like, a lemon peel note to it. 
It was a nice beer. And that I really was the liked beer that. we were, were going to get in cans. But then we were like, let's try the Something Ripple and see. Yeah. And then we decided to go with the Ripple. I just love the Camp Hills because the brewery's in Camp, camp Hill. Hill. Uh, play on words. Mm, so cute. No, but that's good. I So, yeah, I would really, really recommend. People out there who like Pilsners, if you're near Evergreen, their Camp Hills is really good. And they had a fun, I mean, it was like sweltering hot that day, but they yeah, had a nice little terrible. outdoor space. Like, actually, like, in grass. Just, like, Adirondack mm-hmm. chairs in the grass. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's, like, a really chill place. And the fact that they had games was really cool. Uh, like they had some games. arcade games, yeah. like Big Buck Hunter. I feel like so many bars and stuff have Big Buck Hunter. They had pinball machines, mm-hmm. which is always cool. And they had that, like, you know, hand shuffleboard mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Which those things, like, does it take up a lot of space? Yeah. But they had that space. Well, they're, they're thin but long. Yeah. They had that space, though. Like we were saying, it was a massive place. Lot, the, multiple TVs. It's mm-hmm. definitely a place. Um, boisterous. Yeah. Like, loud but not because yes. they had Good amazing Dampening. acoustics. Yes. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had a bunch of, like, felt... Um, like boards that were on the sides of the walls and on the ceiling that, you know, it was a big industrial open space, but with these dampening things, it really helped the acoustics a lot. And big kudos to Evergreen for doing that because that's one of the things that really bothers me when I go to places like that, that the acoustics get really bad and it just gets really loud really fast. So that touch makes it way more comfortable for people to hang out longer yeah i mean it was definitely a lot of people there was like a bachelorette party there was a whole soccer team was there celebrating after they played which how did they play in that i don't know but they're cooling down with some beers so that was good and it was a wide range of people people yeah Yeah. like everyone's there was like (laughs) when i was we were ordering beer like that older guy that came up basically kind of like Almost pushed me off my stool because he wanted a T-shirt. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he definitely—I mean, he was old, like probably in seventies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was a positive experience. Yeah, it's a good time. Definitely come back. All okay. right, so now we're going to move on to the next beer, which is the first brewery that we ended up going to, um, and this one is in a twenty-two ounce bottle. Okay, and then this one is in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Yes. We're literally like two minutes away. Yeah. Um, They're super close. So honestly, I would just recommend if you want to go to either of those breweries, just hit both of them. Yeah. Because they're right there. What we did and what another couple did that we ran into. Exactly. So, okay. So this is from Mellow Mink Brewing. It is the Raspberry and Passion Fruit Tapestry. This is the very first bottle release they ever had was with this beer. And it is 5.1%. It is a blended golden sour beer aged in Chardonnay, Chardonnay barrels before being fermented on red raspberries and passion fruit. So more raspberry. Let's make a comparison of the raspberry level yeah. with the ripple. Um, the other thing is, let's talk about how awesome the name Mellow Mink is. Uh, yeah. It's not just the alliteration, but that really helps with it. But it's their little logo of an actual mink He's animal. so freaking cute. Yeah. It's and pretty great. Hold on. They're, You're going to oh. hear some noise. Okay. There. Their glasses have the little mink outline of the animal. And the bottle, much like their brewery, is kind of 
fancy or upper class looking, like um, kind of. I wouldn't say it's necessarily fancy. I think it's, it's just, just a little stylish. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, it looks like a wine bottle, like yeah. the labeling. And oh everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks very. It looks kind of a little classy. Classy. A little classy. Yeah. That's how you know, I guess, by fancy. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a look at this beer. It it looks. I mean, I can see shapes through it, but yeah. I can't really see through it. It's like it, pinky orange. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There's not a ton of uh, carbonation to it, which I yeah. am fine with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I definitely Ooh. am getting raspberry. Ooh, funky. Definitely getting the raspberry. Definitely getting naked cherries. It smells mm-hmm. very similar. Yeah. To the ripple, not exact. Not as much raspberry. I wouldn't pick out the passion fruit, but yeah, I me definitely neither. can tell it's raspberry and another fruit. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to pick out the passion fruit, especially because it smells more sour than the ripple, yes. and that's kind of crossing into lemon sourness yeah. territory. But yeah, I do definitely smell the raspberry. I feel like I smell the Chardonnay. Mm, it's got okay. like a white, yeah. white wine snap on the end of the nose. And like I said, there's a little bit of a funkiness in the end of the nose that I think is really good. I really like that smell on there. It's brewed with uh, Britannomyces, Lactobacillus, and something else. Um, Saccharomyces. Saccharomyces. Yeah, so the Brett's what's giving it that little bit of a a funkiness. Uh, The nose on this is very nice. I really like the smell on this. It's really good. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of, um, kind of almost crosses into the rosé territory. It almost also tastes, it almost tastes a little bit like a very dry rosé, because there's a significant tartness to yeah. it. Yeah. A little tart, a little funky, a little fruity. Mm-hmm. I, de- I definitely get the Chardonnay. Super approachable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I like, and just like on the nose, there's that little bit of a funk yeah. just on the end, just mm. chilling out. It's nice. I think their bacteria um, cocktail that they put in there is working together like a hell of a team. It's yeah. it's doing a good job. Yeah. Definitely tasting the raspberry, getting some lemon to it. Do you, are, did you say that you're definitely tasting the passion fruit? No. For me, passion fruit is, is kind of a benign, like... Well, I mean, you can taste passion fruit, but I feel like it kind of has to be on its own. Yeah. You can't have anything that could potentially overpower it. And I think raspberries are almost always going to overpower something like passion fruit. And especially when you're doing a sour beer, yeah. the, the natural sourness of the beer, especially with a sour Blondale, I think it's just going to kill that passion fruit perception. Well, because it is a very... It's a softer fl- root flavor. Oh yeah, it's um, it's very soft, which is why things like um, what was it New Belgium had done one it was like the like a passion fruit Kolsch, you know, yes. like that works because Kolsch is very easy, easy yeah. and well, won't compete that with was it. In my um, beach bear tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing, um, I lost it. I 100 percent just lost what I was going to say. Okay. Well, I was going to oh, just kind of, oh go ahead. I got it back. Sorry. This is what happens when wow. you get older people. 
Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say that it basically it basically just tastes like the Chardonnay barrel aged raspberry blonde sour blonde. It, just no passion fruit. It doesn't seem See, like it's there, which is fine because it's still like we said. This tastes really good. Well, I disagree though because I I definitely can perceive another type of fruit other than raspberry. Um, I just again wouldn't be able to say it's passion fruit. Yeah, um, but it's very wine driven. Yeah, I, it's very wine like. Well, and, I, and there are I a ton it. of you know, so you know, very, very, very <laughs> different experience from Evergreen. Oh yeah. So Melamink is like in uh, shopping center, shopping like a little strip mall. Yeah. Um, there, it's just very mellow. It is a mellow atmosphere. It is. It was not very busy, unfortunately. No. Well, it was good for us. I hope they do well, though. Yeah, because... but it was like a Saturday at what, like two? I think one or two. Yeah. In the it afternoon. Was... So we went to the... we went there first, and then went to Evergreen. Evergreen yeah. was packed, and Melamink. I mean, it was... Yeah, Evergreen was super packed. Yeah. Melamink, there's barely anyone in it, which makes me a little nervous yeah. for their future. Um, the other thing about them that makes me nervous for them, I really hope they do well. I really do, because I respect what they're doing. And we'll go over what beers we had there. I don't think I had anything that I disliked at no, all. No, we liked everything. Everything was at least solid. And as we're saying, this this bottle beer is really good. Um they're focusing mainly just on sours and farmhouse ales, which I feel like for that area, it's a really gutsy move, and it could kill their business. Uh, I don't know if the craft beer drinkers in that area are ready for that. You know, a, a brewery where they're not offering the more popular stuff, like a stout or an IPA, or you know what I mean? Well, they had... I don't think they're doing just those styles because right. on deck was a stout was it yeah oh i don't remember we'll go through and they actually they let me had just an go ipa i'll go through it now yes they did so. but their main focus is sour beer so a lot of it was sour and i feel like oh. a lot of people could kind of come in and just see the list and be like eh, i don't feel that interested because a lot of people want to do samplers and mm. if you're not in the sour beers you're not really going to be able to do a sampler there no. So, but, okay, so let's talk about what we have. Oh, this is what you're talking about. Their double apricot cream shake, which was an imperial IPA that was basically a milkshake IPA. Which was delicious. I yeah, loved it was, that. it was good. And while we were there, someone came in and got, um, filled up their own growler yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe have a few more of those types of options, to be honest. They don't have a ton of taps. Would they well, have was, eight? And we tried six. them all, yeah. No. It's like six or eight. I think it was eight. Well, we can count them up as we go because yeah. we tried and them that's, all. And that's all they had, and that's all we tried. Yeah. So it is much smaller. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, so the double apricot cream shake, which was quite tasty. They had, we had the Fortress Double IPA, which was an Imperial IPA. I, that was good as well. I rated it pretty well. The Rule of Two, which was a farmhouse ale. I thought it was nice for a farmhouse ale slash Saison, however you want to say it. Their Blossom, which was a sour beer. What was in that one? I should have taken a picture of the actual oh, menu. That wasn't the one with the cherries, was it? Oh, yes, it was. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it was a sour, it was like a blonde, sour blonde with, with cherries. cherries. I really liked that. I'm not big on cherries, so Rebecca liked it I love more. Cherries. But I recognize that it was well done. And I'm not big on sours, but yeah. I did really like that. Because it wasn't, again, it wasn't as much sour as it was tart. Yeah. 
So then there's the Super Fruit 5, which was a sour blonde, once again, with triple, this was a triple berry version. It had raspberry, blackberry, and cranberry. That was a nice beer. I think I really you like that. that. You like that one more than I did. Yeah. Then they had their Peach Mango Saison de Mink, uh, which was a farmhouse ale with peach and mango. I enjoyed that one because they do a good job. There's a gnat in here. There's a gnat. Okay. It's fine. He's trying to get my beer. Well, probably because there's fruit. And gnats love fruit. So, okay. So how many was that? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. They just have six on tap. So of the six. It's only six. They had two IPAs. And then four, you know, two. So they had two IPAs, two sours, two farmhouse sales. This is, and and this is what I'm saying. Like everything we had, we liked. We quite liked. And when they were sours, they were very approachable sours, yeah. to be honest. Like, this beer that we're having on the podcast right now from them is definitely more sour than their sours that we tried. Yeah. They were more just, like, lightly tart. Yeah. So that makes it more approachable for people who aren't necessarily in the sours. But the problem is just getting people to try it. So yeah, well. the fact that four of six of your taps are things that aren't necessarily super popular, it just makes me nervous. Um, I just feel like... If you're going to do sours, if you're going to do saisons, maybe have one tap each. Um, but, you know, I could be totally wrong. I hope I am because I really liked what they were doing there. And I hope they stick around because I'd like to go back. Yeah, I would too. And we had um, great service. Uh, the beer tender, bartender was Cheyenne. Cheyenne. She was very nice, very helpful. Um, really knew the product, which I can appreciate. Yeah. There, were, uh, no, there was another bottle there too that we could have purchased, but we only got yeah, one. I forget what that was too. Um, they were both sours, no, I think. No, the other one I thought was more of a farmhouse. That oh, one, yeah, maybe it was a farmhouse sale. Um, I let you pick because I was uh, like, yeah. your, your call. And she was really able to kind of articulate, you know, the tasting notes of each, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, she also told us why it's called Melt yes. Mink, which was really cool. Um, so basically the guys who came up with it, the owners, had decided that they wanted something different as well, far as Well, and the name. owners are um, two, uh, married Two men who are I married. I think. No, I verified it. Oh, okay. I you did verified. some research. Well, there you go. And the one is, um, had some sort of blog about sour beers. Yeah. So his So obviously, yeah. yeah, they come from a love of sour beers, so they want to further that. So I hope, I hope they make it. I, I really hope. The problem is it's, it's a hard market at the moment. Yeah. It's a very hard market. But, but yeah, so she, she explained that they decided on Mellow Mink because they wanted to have a different brewery name. They wanted to be able to stand out. And apparently you can find minks in Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, I they, didn't know that. They wanted, um, they loved the outdoors and they wanted an animal. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted something that would stand out, not just like a regular animal. And yeah, I guess minks can be found in Pennsylvania. And why they call it Mellow Mink is because it's kind of an oxymoron. Minks are actually very like aggressive and spastic. So they wanted to say kind of mellow to make it an oxymoron of this is a mink who's actually mellow and not crazy. Uh, and also she said that they also wanted it to be kind of like a mellow feel to the brewery. And they achieved that. It's oh, very sure. mellow. It it's, is. it's a nice ambiance in there. It's very chilled out. They have games available to play, mm-hmm. which we did play some. We did some Exploding Cats, the not safe for work kittens. version. Exploding Kittens, that's right. I forget that. It's been know. a while. Are you drunk already? No. I'm old. Um, That's what it is. And it's also, they had like all their barrels there. Yes. That you could see yeah. from around. The, so it's like you walk in it's and nice. it's like 
one big bar kind of in the center of the room that mm -hmm. like is kind of shaped like a rectangle and then tables on the outskirts. They also had a focus in their menu on beer cocktails. Yeah. Which I feel like we should go back at some point just to try I know. one or a few of these. I, I definitely want to try. I just, since we were there the first time, I just want to focus on the actual yeah. beer first. And we didn't want to have a crazy amount because we were then going to Evergreen and then the last place we're going to talk about as well. So let me read you the beer cocktails they have on here. And they also had regular cocktails and yeah. wine. Mm -hmm. so, so I think that's smart too because how yeah. many times do you go some places... And there's someone in your group who doesn't drink beer, which is horrible. And here's all the fun things they could drink. So they have a coffee beer teeny. Uh, it's their take on an espresso martini made with mid-state distilling coffee, liqueur, and vanilla vodka, then topped with mellow mink stout. That sounds so good. Which is weird because they didn't have the stout available. I know. So I don't know if that, maybe they had a bottle of it. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe um, they couldn't, maybe that was not on the menu. Then they have the Spicy Mink, which is a cocktail blended from their Fortress Double IPA, Revivalist, um, Revivalist Dragon Dance Gin and Citrus Juices. That sounds good. Yeah. Then they had Superfruit Rum Punch. Uh, it's a blend of their Triple Berry Superfruit with Mid-State Distilling Rum, Fruit Juice, and Coconut. Mm, that sounds good. good. Uh, and there's two more. Uh, they had their Little Yorkie, which is cocktail made with mid-state distilling rum and red grapefruit juice, bitters, and Fortress Double IPA. Also sounds good. And the last one is the Papillon. Uh, it's a cocktail made with their Fortress Double IPA, Revivalist Botanical Gin, and Citrus Juices. Nice. So I thought it was cool. Honestly, because when I go to breweries, I don't see beer cocktails. No. It's very, very rare. So it's just it something cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. So, um, And we need to talk real quick about some people we met there oh, right. while we were there. Uh, we met a couple first, Brittany and Chad. And Chad is blowing it up on Instagram. Chad is like the man on Instagram. I'm like, he Apparently. puts, he, uh, I'm like embarrassed to even say we <laughs> even have an Instagram account. Um, yeah, so Chad, um... You can follow him on Instagram. It is Texas, Texas underscore and underscore beer. Yeah. He posts a lot of cool beer stuff on there. Yeah. And he travels for work too. Yes. So, so you get to there's see a lot him. of beers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Chad and Brittany, super cool. Really, really cool. Not just were we talking craft beer with them, which was a lot of fun, but we were, I was also talking horror movies with them. Yeah. I love horror movies and they're big into it. They're well, throwing out some I think great she's, titles. She seemed more into it than he yeah, did. That's true. They were throwing out some good titles like uh, Basket Case and Chopping Mall. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful movies. Like bad, awesome, you right. know. So, but it was just really cool to connect with some people and talk about things. And uh, we let them know about the podcast, obviously. And, yeah, they were just super cool. And then while we were talking, another couple showed up who were Sarah and Vinny. Right. And they're traveling. Physical um, therapists. Physical therapists. That's right. So they're only there for a little bit. But they were doing a brewery, touring some breweries over the weekend. And they happened to stop in. And they had just been at Evergreen. Right. And we were like, oh, we're just about to go there. So they jumped in on the conversation. And we were all talking beer. And it was really cool. And it was really nice to talk to them. Well, it was nice because in a... You know, the ambiance that Melamink afforded allowed us to do that. 
Yeah, the way the bar was set up. You know, yeah, and you could was... you would face other bar patrons, which you didn't have that at Evergreen so with it's... with the actual bar. Yeah, so it felt more of like a community yeah. type feel. So. Yes, definitely. Which I think was seemed intentional. Absolutely. They didn't have TVs, did they? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so it seems like more of like an Irish pub style thing where people come in from the community to interact with each other. And they had happy hours and they have other events, which I'm sure Evergreen did. I just didn't yeah. really see it posted. Okay. I would like to go back. I, I quite enjoyed Mellow Mink. It was a very nice experience. It was. It was. It just felt like cozy. So Mellow Mink in Mechanicsburg, people hit that up. And then obviously, like we said, if we're going to hit one of them, hit both. the other one. Go both, hit Evergreen. Yeah, they're good. Both good. Very different. Yes. Both very different. But for Rebecca and I, how we are as people, what we like, Mellow Mink was our thing because we like Mellow. mellow. Um, okay. So then we drove to... One of our favorite places. <sighs> home sweet home. It felt like home when we got there because it's been a while. <laughs> to Golden Crest... Um, pizza. Golden Crust Pizza in Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Um, Love it. Shout out to Vince. Yes. So they have such a great tap list. Mm. And their pizza is so good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And they did have a bottle shop. They are going to be... Getting rid of that, yeah. You know, getting rid of that so they can expand their bar. Yes, so if anyone is... Within driving distance to Red Lion, go check out Golden Crust. Well, first of all, because it's awesome. Great food, great beer. Uh, their tap list is, like, almost always unbelievable, to be honest. And he does get some crazy stuff in there, too. Except uh, sunshine. But the other thing is you got to go in right now to buy some of the bottles that they're trying to get rid of. Bottles and cans. They're trying to get rid of 40% off because they're trying to get rid of all that inventory because he's going to expand their tap room. Yeah. So get on it while it's hot. They have some really awesome stuff sitting there. So wonder, we purchased a beer at forty percent off. I wonder if they're gonna be able to keep the tap room open while they're expanding. Yeah, they might not be able Ugh. to. <laughs> you stuck your finger in the hole. Yeah, um, it's all right. Just or it's it. just gonna be the just lick your finger. The restaurant area, but for how did we even find it? You found them on Facebook or on... Yeah, so this has been... I don't even know how many years ago. How long have I known about Gold Crust? At least four years, five years, something like that. We've been going all, you know, here and there. Because it is a little... It's it's a bit of a drive for us. It's like a little over an hour. So I ended up finding it because I was just searching online for breweries that got half-acre beers. That's right. And they had their tap list online at that point, so they um, so they came up in my Google search, and I was like, where is Red Lion, Rebecca? And she was like, oh, it's not that far we can go. I'm like, would you mind just checking this place out? And when we got there, I was just like, mm, I don't know. And then we went in, and they're like, they have an amazing tap list, and this food's really good. So we just kept going back, and we had met Vince, let him know about the podcast. So he's an awesome dude, and... Um, yeah, it, it's been great ever since. Which, the funny thing about me telling that story now is I found them because of Half Acre Beer. While we were there, they had a, a few Half Acre Beers yeah. on tap. And one of them was one of my favorites we had there. But we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Well, the other funny thing is my sister bought a house. like Very close Ten to minutes. <laughs> that would be dangerous if we lived that I close. Know. We would yeah. be there a lot. So we met them for dinner because their pizza. It's like pizza. It's great. Pizza, wings, subs, trombolis, yeah. 
Um, really great food that you want to eat with beer. Oh, yeah. Perfect with it. Okay. So what beer do we have that we picked oh, I'm up sorry. From, from their bottle We're all shop? all the place. Okay. So we got Prairie Artisan Ales. Um, their Paradise, which is an imperial stout brewed with coconut and vanilla. 13% alcohol. Yeah. So here's here's how our ABV went. 4.8, 5.1, 13. Yay. Big jump. Okay, does it look like an imperial stout? It looks like mm. an imperial stout. Why did you start drinking? You didn't even smell it, look at it, nothing. I couldn't you got help problems. it. Are you drunk? Me? I'm a little buzzed. Okay, so it looks like. Oh my an gosh, stout. I totally forgot. What am I doing? Kick me off the podcast. Yeah, you're gone. Clo- okay. Chloe's coming on. It smells like chocolate milk. Yeah, it looks like an imperial stout. It does I smell like have. chocolate milk, but I also smell olives. I smell chocolate milk and smell like it. chocolate Smell it again. Do you smell olives in there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like green olives. Yeah, I love green olives. I hate green olives. That smell is turning me off. Mm, I hate okay, that. I'll drink it all. Yeah, well, it's going to come down to what it tastes like. But it's got an umami. It does. To it, like, the, and the olives kind of impart that. It's like olives and mushrooms and chocolate. <laughs> I got to be honest, the smell is not good. The smell is not good. Hmm. So what's interesting is now that I'm tasting it, I'm tasting olives. Are you? Damn you. There's a little metallic note on the beer. I mean, it's good. It's not what I want it to be. I'm not getting coconut or vanilla, though. I get chocolate on the end. Like yeah. it's it's a nice creamy like milk chocolate mixed with a little dark chocolate on the end. I said I'm not getting coconut or vanilla. You say I'm getting chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but there's chocolate. no coconut or vanilla. Okay, so my first two sips I was getting that olive and and that umami like mushroom, but as I kept going, it's starting to kind of fade away and it's more of the chocolate. I mean, I like it. I don't get the coconut. I don't. I can. I do perceive a little vanilla actually as I keep going, but it's not a lot. Let me see how I mean, old this beer it's is. It's not. Oh, oh wait, they do day code. I can't read that day code though. It's one of these like wacky ones where only the people who made it will really know. They have the code. Yeah, special code. But um. It's not what I, I mean, was hoping for, man. Coco- yeah, coconut's hard to perceive in a beer. Vanilla, I feel like you can get from a lot of stouts. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. And it's, as just, I, it's not what I wanted it to be. As I keep sipping it, the chocolate's shifting more towards the dark chocolate region. It's more dark chocolatey. Yeah. It is good. It's mainly just like a really chocolatey stout is basically yeah. what it ta- tastes like with... You know, some some olive flavor, which I I think is an off flavor to be honest. Didn't really don't really like it, but um, hmm. overall I do like the beer. Does it taste like thirteen percent? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's dangerous. Maybe ten, maybe nine. Now it's like I'm getting like a cocoa powder on there as well. Okay, it just kind of re- changes. Yeah, you're gonna read what we had. What we had there? Yeah, yeah, I'll read. What so we, we had. both did a flight of four. Flight of four, I think. Yeah, four or five, and then you had a full pour or something. I drove. Yes, which I, was delicious. I needed that full pour, by the way. I needed it because that beer was so good. It was. And then we had brought home a crowler too, which was crazy oh, expensive. Gosh. Yes. 
Okay, we need to be on a beer budget, though, because nah, to, today we so. just outlined everything we need to do around the house. Right. So, uh, <laughs> that's for off-podcast talk. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about what we need to fix at our house. Nobody cares. Uh, anyway, that would be a different podcast. So, we had Almanac Beer Company's Strawberry Hop Cake. Which was good. Which was a sour. It was like a hopped sour with strawberry. It was I good. Wanted, I liked it. I did. I wanted more strawberry, though. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we had Prairie Artisan Ales O-Fudge. Which was... An Imperial Stout. O-Fudge delicious. Yeah. It was an Imperial Stout made with brownies. And to me, it tasted like chocolate ice cream. It was phenomenal. And that's the one we got the crowler of to go. And it's expensive because that's an expensive beer. It was, a 30, was like $31 for a crowler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had Crazy. a full pour of it. Yes. No, no, no. No, I didn't get a full pour of that. I you got did? a full pour of the IPA I'm talking oh, about later. I'm so confused. Because we were getting a crowler. Why didn't I, I was I like, don't I don't know. need a full pour if we're getting a crowler. Then we had the Eclipse uh, Rye Cuvée from 2017 by 5050 Brewing Company. That was a very nice, yes. tasty, barrel-aged Imperial Stout. We had Sip of Sunshine by mm. Lawson's, which is a very nice IPA. We had another Eclipse, uh, fifty fifty brewing their Grand Crew 2017, also super tasty. Uh, we had one of my favorite IPAs I've had in a while, Half Acre Beer Company's Now and Then IPA. That's what you got. The That's full what pour. I got the full pour of. That IPA was great. It was exactly what I like. It's very nice and citrusy, but it had a really nice present bitterness to back everything up. Really flavorful, really balanced. I love that IPA. Then we had another IPA by Half Acre Beer Company called Bottom, which in comparison to the now and then was not as good, but it was still good. And we had Lawson's Finest Liquids Super Session Number 8, which was a session IPA, which in comparison to the Sip of Sunshine was not that great because right. it's a pared down version, but still good. Um, yeah, and then I just had the now and then again, and then at home had the O Fudge again. So, obviously, outstanding yeah. tap lists. Outstanding. Love it. Super good. And like I was saying, we felt like we were back home. Mm-hmm. Like, it had been a while since we'd been there. It feels like home to us. And I, I think it's it's not just because we like it there and we feel comfortable there, but it's also, it's like a small town feel. Mm-hmm. It's a family-owned well, restaurant. It is a small Yeah, it is small. Town. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it is a small town. It's a small town. It's a small town. It's a small business. It's a family-owned family business. business. And the people who run it will talk to you, and they're super nice and accommodating and make you feel welcome. And it was started by, I guess, Vince's parents or his dad. Yeah, I think in the 80s. In 1986 or something. Yeah, it's been there for a while. And someone told us, like, every pizza you have, the dough was made by either Vince or his dad. Yeah, because they want to control the quality of it. And... That's one of the biggest things. For me, for pizza to be good, the dough has to be particularly flavorful. And their dough is great. I love their pizza. And then the one time we were there, Vince's dad was there, and he went out and didn't he slug our meter? Yeah, we ran out of yeah. um, money on our parking meter, and the meter guy came in. No, it, I think, I thought it was... Well, the meter guy oh, came yeah. in to let it, to let us know... But to let someone know, he was like, look, which was really nice of that yeah. meter guy. He was like, look, someone's expiring. And Vince 
Vince Senior yeah. went out and and was going to put money in, but I went out and I'm like, oh no, I got it. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you're a paying customer here. I'll take care of it. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? You're like the nicest friggin' person. Now, again, coming from a suburb of Baltimore where parking is an arm and a leg, I think we yeah. parked, I think it was like two hours for a quarter. Yeah. Or something. Two hours of parking in Baltimore is going to be... 20 bucks. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> basically like 20 bucks. It's, so cra- it's just, yeah, it's crazy. It's just nice. It's like a little slice of heaven. Yeah. So we had an awesome day. That we did. Day. That was a really great day. So now's the hard part. How are you going to rank these beers? It's not that hard for me. It's not hard for me either. Go ahead. So my number three, sadly, is going to be the Paradise. I know. By Prairie Artisan Ales. That was the Imperial Stout with coconut and vanilla, but we can't perceive the coconut at all. The vanilla, little, little, <laughs> little bit. Uh, my number two is going to be the Evergreen Ripple, which is the Goza Ale with raspberries. And my number one's got to be this Mellow Mink Raspberry and Passion Fruit Tapestry, which is a sour blonde with raspberry and passion fruit aged in Chardonnay barrels. That is a nicely complex beer. This is just super tasty. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it's in a 22 ounce. So mine's going to be slightly different. Are you putting the Ripple's number one? Yeah. I'm... Ri- I feel bad for doing that because I can appreciate the complexity of the tapestry by Melanie. But Mellon it's just Inc. not your thing. But it's just not my thing. Right. So I have to go with, like, what do I want to drink more of, which is the Ripple, um, the Raspberry Goza by Evergreen, then the Mellow Mink, and then the Prairie. So just know from a more objective standpoint, the Mellow Mink's number one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's just like when Mike comes on the show. He gives bad ratings to Sours, no matter what, because he's like, I just don't like them. And, like, I try and talk him down from that all the time. I'm like, try and be objective. Try and be like, was this done okay. well? But it's just... I, I said, this is my preference. This is... I know. But when it's, like, the number ratings, I feel like it's kind of unfair to, to give bad numbers to, to ones you just don't like. It just, I think it just Just because of your taste. I think as long as you preface it by saying that. Yeah. Yeah. But the official number, brutal battle numbers are very important, Rebecca. No, they're not. But anyway. Um, yeah. So pretty awesome. I would like to go back to all these places. Yeah. And let's do it at some point. Sure. But I'm sure we're also going to have more episodes that come out that are called Pennsylvania Beer Excursion. So we'll just do episode two, episode three of it yeah. and keep going. Because plenty of breweries in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And hopefully we get, at some point, past just the very south of Pennsylvania. Yeah. This is a big state. People don't really think about that. This is a big state. It is a big state. Cool. Okay. So uh, thanks, everyone, for checking this out. Rebecca, any closing remarks? I don't think so. Just remember to... Keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 